it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not trying to claim a mass shooter is a victim. The media working overtime to convince people that the real person we should feel sorry for in Nashville is the trans killer who pulled the trigger. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are, but it's a blame game that goes hand in hand with an effort by the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who wants you to believe Republicans are to blame for not going along with his gun grab. You are so full of sh. We're going to get into it with Fox News Sunday host Shannon Bream who takes us inside the claim that Trump somehow violated federal campaign finance laws. It was made up by these sick people. For real. And uh, Chris Bedford, political power puncher, if ever there was one, is going to help me preview. This is a real thing. This Saturday in Washington, D.C., they are having a trans day of vengeance. And we're going to have an honest conversation about that trans day of vengeance. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. And so do most of the protesters. 888-788-9910. If you'd like your own little radio day of vengeance. 888-788-9910. The show has one rule every damn day, no matter what's going on in the news. You could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, you could be a Libertarian, you could be an Independent. Sing along at home, everybody. All we ask is that you don't be a... Boom. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, I am peppy. I'm fired up. I am caffeinated. I spent last night on TV with Laura Ingram. Tonight, I will be on a live studio edition of the Sean Hannity show. If you want to watch some television in the 9 p.m. hour, I'll put on a swanky tuxedo jacket for you. Tell a couple of jokes. Do a little soft shoe. You know, the whole shebang shaboo. But right now, the show is all over the media on networks other than Fox where we are giving this moment, as you'd imagine, as most decent people are doing, to the victims and their families. Some of you are praying for them, sending whatever good vibes you can. People are sending food. People are donating. People are looking into how they can help this school restore some sense of normalcy in their lives. But over at MSNBC, we've got an article out today explaining how the trans community is worried in the aftermath of this shooting. Because, you know, people are out to attack them. And, you know, after the shooting, they got to worry because the people are going to come get them. And it. <laughs> Let me just jump in here, okay? Nobody is attacking trans people. Nobody. They weren't doing it before. They're not doing it now. A lot of people feel bad for trans people. A lot of people are upset that trans ideology is being forced on young children at an impressionable age where they haven't had a chance to fully develop. But no one's actually attacking trans people. We're not a side of violence, number one. Number two, okay, we don't wish the trans community any harm. Okay, and number three, if a trans person had been attacked for being trans by some type of MAGA white supremacist right-wing strongman, Okay, that trans person would already have their name on a federal building. He knows what he's talking about. They would weaponize one attack into everybody in the country is 
some type of hateful transphobic bigot. We just got to stop talking about this and let us have their way. Okay, that's kind of what they did in the aftermath of January 6th. It's like January 6th was horrible. We all condemned it in real time. But they tried to take it further and say it was the fault of every single Republican who had ever pulled a voting lever, when in fact it wasn't. We all denounced it in real time, and we said, hey, you can't storm the Capitol. That doesn't make you a Republican. That doesn't make you a Democrat. It makes you a But they tried to take it a step further and say it was a coup attempt, and they were overthrowing the government, and we were all going to be led by a guy in a Chewbacca bikini. The point is, if you give the Democrats a little bit that plays into their narrative, okay, they will run with it forever. Okay, we don't have a trans person who's being attacked for being trans. Okay, it's not happening. It's not out there right now. But they want you to believe that's the concern. Why? Because it takes the conversation away from the fact that the media played a huge role in the shooting that went down on Monday. Bingo. Okay, what did the media spend? the last three weeks doing, okay, telling the trans community, all the Christians are out to get you. Now it's bad. DeSantis passed a bill in Florida. Republicans want to pass a bill in the House. I'm telling you they're coming to get you. It's bad. They've declared war. The term they're using is trans genocide. Now, again, we don't have a story. You can't point to, you can't give me a name of who was going after the trans community. Are people, okay, Supporting DeSantis legislation? Yes. Are people standing up for the right of children to fully biologically develop before they permanently alter their bodies and suscept themselves to a lifetime of surgeries and medications? Yes. But nobody's out there saying harm these people. Nobody's out there saying kill these people. Nobody's out there saying they have a right to exist. And this is how we get into the mess we're in in this country. Politics in this day and age is not a genuine, like, good-spirited debate. Like, I want to do this and you want to do that. What politics has become is the Republicans take a position and then the Democrats distort it, okay, and appeal to people whose emotions are their facts. Ron DeSantis says, hey, don't teach little kids about sex. If you're between the ages of kindergarten and third grade, no sex. Not straight sex, not gay sex, not trans sex, just no sex because they're in kindergarten. The Democrats reposition the argument as, as he wants to ban gay people. He's declared war on trans people and the Christians are out to get him. And lo and behold, if you tell a group of mentally unstable people that the Christians are out to get him, at some point you do run the risk of one of those unstable people snapping. I think he's got a point. And that's exactly what happened in Nashville. Okay, understand, the media wants you to believe the trans community is under attack because the trans community is attacking people. Okay, we've had four mass shooters in the past year that were trans. We had one in Colorado Springs. We had one in Aberdeen. We had one in Denver. And now we have one in Nashville. Now, I'm not out here to get you mad at the trans community, but I am out here to have an honest conversation. Okay, the people who want you to believe they're the most worried about violence are the ones causing it. Correct the mundo. If you tell people they're under attack, if you tell people one half of the country wants to kill them, they're going to be a little jittery. Okay, rightfully so. Understand, rightfully so. But this is no different than, do you remember when, okay, we came to find out Fauci was working so hard to discredit the COVID lab leak theory. Why was he working so hard to discredit that? We saw through a Freedom of Information Act request that his virologists were emailing him right off the bat saying, yo, this came from a lab. Look at the gene sequence. This came from a lab. 
Okay, at which point Fauci, knowing he funded gain-of-function research, was like, oh, we got to stop that right now. And lo and behold, what happened? All those same virologists that told him it came from a lab behind closed doors went public and said it came from maybe nature. And what did they all have in common? They all got, they all got a big bump up in grant money. Fauci was trying to change the COVID conversation away from the substance of its origins because he played a role in starting it. He should be behind bars! But it's no different than what the media is doing here. The media just spent three weeks saying Christian people want to kill trans people. Now three Christian kids have been gunned down. Now three staffers at the school have been gunned down because a trans person thought Christians wanted to kill them. Okay, there's a manifesto that the cops are sitting on. If a right-winger kills somebody, you see that manifesto before they've even taped up the crime scene. In this instance, we're going on day three now, and we haven't seen it yet because they're very concerned about what it says about the Christian community on behalf of the trans community. And understand the media played a huge role in shaping that narrative. So they're trying to distance themselves from, hey, trans people are out to get Christians by repurposing the argument as Christians are out to get trans people. It's not what they're saying. Okay, in the Christian community, I've been making this point. It's no different than the rest of the conservative community. All we're saying is, no, nah, you can't do this to our kids. Can't do it. Sorry. Okay, if someone wants to grow up to be trans, trans your pants off. Go nuts. Trans am. I don't care. Whatever you got to do. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. We're in for all of it. Any trans is fine. Okay? But you can't do it to our kids. That's been the argument. We want the right to know what our kids are up to. We're not giving educators the right to transition our kids when they're still at a fluid age of development, an age where they don't have the legal authority to get a tattoo, at an age where they don't have the legal authority to get a boob job. Okay, people on the left are pushing for children to get gender reassignment surgeries. It is barbaric. That's not right. It's Yeah, it's disgusting is what it is. And the fact that we take issue with it doesn't mean we've declared war. It doesn't mean there's a genocide. But when the media is trying to get clicks and the Democratic Party is trying to get votes by weaponizing fear and you run with this narrative that Republicans want to kill trans people, yes, trans people are going to be a little jittery. And understand they're already a little jittery because a lot of them are getting pumped full of hormones at levels that we have no idea how they're going to affect them. That's not a lie. Okay, that's not, you know, understand. Think about it this way. Okay, how many stories have you heard about a pro ball player player who gets roid rage? He's doing all these steroids, got so much more testosterone than his body's used to. Next thing you know, he snaps, just hits somebody with a barbell. Whoa. Well, you hear these stories of bodybuilders, ball players, you know, pro boxers. Jimmy Snoopafly Snooker was allegedly once snapped on roid rage and killed a girlfriend. Now, I think he was found in court to be not guilty. But the point is someone's dead. Why? Because someone taking steroids freaked out. Okay. Into the trans community right now. Okay. Again, I don't wish them any ill will. But these are people who believe they're trapped in the wrong body. It's a difficult place to be in mentally. When you start pumping them full of cross-gender hormones, something we don't have a history of doing in this world, which means we don't have a long track record in terms of how it's going to affect people, you would imagine you're going to have some unstable people out there. Okay? And we've acknowledged this in other walks of life. You ever had a pregnant woman in your house? Okay, and your wife's like, ah, you know, my hormones are going nuts right now. I'm so moody or I have a craving for this weird food or I just need to hear this one song. And then I was laughing at a joke and I started crying for no reason. The point is you're just a little out of whack. You get in it. You get out of it. You grow through it. You evolve. Your body keeps going. But understand, we have taken a community full of people 
who are injecting themselves with unnatural levels of hormones, hormones that weren't supposed to be in their bodies originally because they were biologically not the thing they're pretending to be now. Pretending. You are pretending. If you are a trans woman who becomes a man, I didn't say you can't do it. I didn't say I won't hang out with you. Didn't say I won't play video games with you. Go out for pizza or bowl a couple frames in a bowling alley. Welcome. It's America. Who cares? Woo! But it doesn't mean I'm barbaric or hateful for having an honest conversation about the fact that this is all pretend. And in the name of placating this pretend, they're hoping to weaponize a voting block. They've manufactured a civil rights movement where they want you to believe they're these bigoted right wingers that are in the way of trans people and their right to exist when that's just not the case. Okay, we're in a position where 0.5 percent of the population is now holding 99.5 percent of the population hostage with how we have to reconfigure the language, how we have to reconfigure books that were written before trans became a thing, how we have to recast films, how we have to go back and re-edit every part of the American fabric to make it conducive to a group of people who didn't exist when we started. Now, I don't doubt there were people with gender conflict and body dysmorphia back then. I'm not saying it wasn't a thing. I just mean in mainstream society, the idea of forcing this into kindergartens and telling kids this was normal and telling kids they should really concern themselves at an age where their favorite food changes every three weeks, their favorite TV show changes every two weeks, their vocabulary changes every day. They should be making a permanent decision about their body that will affect them in all of perpetuity. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. It absolutely is. And that's why it's so reckless. It's so reckless when this conversation has the nuance that it does for people in the media to go out and say, well, one side's just out to get them. That's what DeSantis is doing. It's Florida's. It's the House is doing. It's transphobic right-wing bigotry. Okay? And that's the scam of this moment right now. The shooter is a garbage human being, okay? I'm sorry to know he or she or they or them spiraled into the state of depression that they did, but once you're capable of demonstrating that level of indifference to innocent children, you are no longer worthy of our consideration. You are no longer worried about our concern. You're not worthy of it. When you see the New York Times and the USA Today issuing corrections to their reporting, we originally said she was a woman, but she was trans. Shut up. Nobody cares. Okay, the moment belongs to the victims. The moment belongs to the families. The moment belongs to entire communities of people that are never going to be the same. But what is NBC doing? What is the media saying? Oh, we got to worry about the trans people right now. They feel under attack. They're making the problem even worse because they're the ones who caused it. And that's the whole point. Okay, if you really are concerned about violence, you stop telling one community that half the country is out to kill them. Because as you'd imagine, it's making them a little jittery. But the real reason the media is going in and acting like, wow, we got to look out for the trans people is because they're trying to remove their culpability in causing this. They're not trying to protect my kid, not trying to protect your kid. They're not trying to protect the trans community. They're trying to protect themselves. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Hey. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shannon Bream is coming up. Chris Bedford is coming up, but we're going to do some you and me time in the first hour of the show. 888-788-9910 if you want in. Anthony batting leadoff on WVMT up in Burlington, Vermont. Yo, man. Jimmy, it just suddenly dawned on me, Mm -hmm. okay? What if the Democrats actually kept the House Mm. in the midterms, okay? It would have destroyed their entire platform for 2024. Because they had control for two years. They could have dealt with immigration. They could have dealt with gun violence. They could have dealt with all these things that they're so outraged about. But they almost, they almost blew it. They believed in the red wave too. Mm -hmm. And they came a lot closer. Imagine, they'd have nothing to go on now. (laughs) Yeah, you're not not wrong though, because that's the whole thing is, hey, we'd love to do it, but these pesky Republicans. But remember, as you know, the last time they had control of both houses, they had it under Biden, they had it under Obama. They didn't do any of this pie in the sky stuff they crow about when they're out of power. And that's the racket. You see, gun control is a non-starter for Democrats too, because the vast majority of this country wants guns okay they support the second amendment especially in democratic swing districts so they want the street cred within the party of being like the nra is bad but at the end of the day they ain't standing up to them anywhere but on twitter you get it and guess i get it and guess what they just did in our backyard on Mm -hmm. friday yeah he he implored the the trump stay in mexico policy Mm -hmm. okay from 2002 which trump used for Mm -hmm. our border in the south he flew to canada and now it's stay in Vermont, stay in northern New York. Wow. They closed the border, and they're bringing them back, and they're dropping them off. And their taxi rides, are, are they're coming to Burlington, Vermont. They're coming to Plattsburgh, New York. Yeah. Sometimes they, they get as far down as Albany because New York City's still busing them for free to the border. Yeah. But so, so Biden is imploring Trump's tactic that, that worked on the southern border. Yep. He helped uh, Justin Trudeau secure his southern border. Uh, mm-hmm. And so now we pay the price. And oh, total this scam. is a blue state. This, yeah. is, this is the rub. I don't yeah. know how it's going to work so well for him here. I don't think it's going to end good. But that's the point. They're embracing policies that they know are good, but they had demonized as bad. Like every one of the problems we have right now is because their ideology has left them too petty to work along with things that they knew were good for the country. Okay, they all wanted border security under other presidents. That's the scam. Like, you do get it, man. Uh, We need to clone you up in that state, Anthony. I know we've had this conversation before. And perhaps more cloning would take place if we got back together at the Spank Puppy and everybody drank another 50 gallons of beer. So let's work on that. Great call as always. More of your calls after this on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. They're playing Van Halen. They're playing Van Halen 1. So you know they're fired up in the booth. Ain't talking about love. Uh, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we're not just here to shout out Diamond Dave and Eddie Van Halen. We've got to have a conversation about what's going on in this country, specifically as it pertains to Nashville and the media's effort to do what? Blame Christians for their own victimhood, pin gun activity on Republicans and not the actual mentally ill people pulling the triggers. 
there's a real exercise going on right now in self-preservation as it pertains to the media. And, of course, on the Democratic Party, it's just another shameless effort to exploit uh, the grieving families uh, who were struck by tragedy in Nashville this past Monday. Uh, Joe Biden was asked about it yesterday. Okay, he was entering the White House. You know, Biden's going on this little tour of America. He had the speech in North Carolina. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He spoke to reporters. And he was asked about the fact that Josh Hawley uh, said, hey, this is a hate crime against Christians. Someone who has been taught that Christians are out to kill the trans community walked into a Christian school, opened fire, and killed three kids. Okay, this is a hate crime against Christians. Here's Biden asked about it. It's not the best audio because the helicopter's rolling in the background. But Biden once again tries to make a joke about the shooting. It is clip three. You believe that Christians were targeted? I, I have no idea. Josh Holy believes they were. What do you say to that? Well, I probably don't then. Probably don't no, then. No, I have no idea. <laughs> this guy's a serious ass. That's what he said. Josh Hawley believes Christians were targeted. Someone walked into a Christian school. Okay, in the manifesto, we now know, not only did she attend the school, but according to people who've seen it, she wrote extensively about the locations and the places she was planning to hit. Here is John Drake down in Nashville speaking about the manifesto. Clip two. So in the manifesto, there's several different writings about other locations. Uh, There were locations, uh, there was uh, talks about um, the school, there was a map of the school, a drawing of how uh, potentially she would enter and the assaults that would take place. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of uh, writing to it. I have not read the whole, the entire manifesto. Our team and the FBI has been working uh, on this. Okay, so they're working on it. Do we have a released manifesto yet? The answer would be no. There's an absolute concerted effort being made in the media to try to portray the trans community in the most favorable light in the aftermath of this trans killer. they you, you got to get what this is, okay? Understand, okay? One side of the country is the right wing. They are being reasonable, and I stand by what they're doing in the sense that nobody is denying trans people the right to exist, to be equal in the workplace, to be accepted in our society. Nobody on the right is saying you can't have those things. This is America. We're the ones who stand up, okay, for your inalienable rights, okay, in this country. Freedom! That's who we are. Go do it. The only thing people on the right are saying is, hey, you can't force this on little kids, okay? It's not gender-affirming care to give a five-year-old the right to to generally mutilate themselves. That is ideology-affirming care, meaning kids don't get born going, hey, I'm in the wrong body. When kids are born, they actually go, hey, I was just inside another body. Now I'm just out here in the world. What the hell is going on? At which point the Democrats jump in and they're like, well, you might be in the wrong body. Still, you might want to switch that. There's a built-in ideology politically that comes with kids transitioning. And when the Democrats use a misleading term like gender-affirming care, no, they just want the ability to transition that kid at a young age. At this point, they're now stuck for life. But they're a member of a voting bloc that they believe will go Democrat if they can continue to convince them that they're under attack. The Democrats see trans people as the new black voter, where they don't care about their lives as much as they care about their vote. I mean, again... If you cared about the black community, 
Could you ever with a straight face say we had to defund the police? Hello. The aftermath of the defund the police movement is the black murder rate in this country spiked 35%. Because here's a newsflash. Black community is no different than the white community, Latino community, the Muslim community. We all need the cops. They're doing the most important job in the world. And nobody on earth has any stats that show us the cops are a bigger threat to the community than the criminals. Do you understand? And when you look at the high rates of criminal recidivism and the fact that 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race, the Democrats emptying prisons in an effort to show some type of support for the black community essentially harms the law-abiding members of the black community at the expense of the members that don't follow the law. Okay, and it's no different when we get into the gun debate. The gun debate, you know who it restricts? You know who it affects? People who follow the law. Criminals don't care about the law. There's 330 million guns in this country. It is a non-starter. When you start saying Republicans are the devil, we've got to change gun laws. These white supremacist Republicans, they don't care if your kids die. They don't care if they give your family COVID. Don't ever forget, okay, the whole point of a Second Amendment, the whole point is to defend yourself against the government. It's not what Joe Biden tries to conflate it as, which is you've got to take the government. You've got to beat the government. I mean, in theory, we want our freedom from England, not by beating them per se, where we conquered England, but by offering such a fierce resistance that they said enough is enough. These people aren't backing down. We'll let them have their freedom. Okay, I'm not calling for civil war. I'm not calling for an uprising against the government. But I'm telling you there's no way in the world where a government that's weaponized its justice system, a government that's weaponized its IRS, a government that fired you from your job over a vaccine they were wrong about, all the way wrong about, wouldn't ultimately crack down on you if you didn't have the right political ideology. Never forget, the sell on COVID was you could not get the vaccine if you got, excuse me, the sell on the vaccine was you could not get COVID if you got the vaccine. Never it forget that. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, Listen. excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were... Right? Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. Would you shut up? Uh, because here's a newsflash. The virus didn't stop with every unvaccinated person. That's true. That is true. In fact, vaccinated people died in some months at a higher rate than the unvaccinated. Yet they were so certain you were the problem. They didn't have data. They didn't have stats. This is no different than defund the police. They don't have any data that says the cops are a bigger threat than the criminals. Put up or shut up. They can't put up, but they won't shut up because their emotions are their facts. Don't ever forget, with no facts on that vaccine, they were willing to fire you from your job and ban you from social media and start a full-on blame and shame campaign. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them. F*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No. Screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. Because they were all wrong.
Okay, masks didn't work, as we know. The vaccine doesn't work, as we know. But they were willing to destroy your life if you didn't comply with their ideology. Okay, any political party that has such a seething disdain, such a dripping contempt and disregard for the well-being and quality of life and right to their own views as the Democratic Party, okay, is never going to convince their opponents to give up their guns. Are you crazy? Okay, if you don't think for a second the people who would fire you from your job ban you from social media, not let you go to a restaurant, not let you go shopping, not let your kid get an education, not let you board a plane. If you don't think those people would come after you as a disarmed populace, you're out of your mind. Okay, which is why gun grabs are a non-starter. Non-starter. You're wasting your time. Just wasting your time. This isn't about not wanting to see kids get killed in school. Okay, we, we're pro-life party. Okay, if the Democrats really want to tell people Republicans don't care about children, oh, I don't know, maybe don't push abortion up until the first report card. I mean, they're pushing abortion when the kid can is months past the point of being able to live outside of the mother. That's just murder. Okay, what the Republicans are saying is invest heavily in mental illness. That's obviously not going to turn things around tomorrow. So you know what you could do tomorrow? The same thing you could do today. Fortify the schools. A lot of schools around the country already have armed guards. Fortify all of them. The schools are under attack. You might not like it, but the Democrats don't want to fortify the schools for the same reason they don't want armed guards at the border. Okay, they can't play along with anything that aligns with Republican ideology, because when you spend your entire existence convincing one side of the country that the right side of the country is a bunch of white supremacist devils who want to kill your trans babies and your gay kids and they hate minorities and Latinos, even though my all minorities, Latinos and black people are flocking to the Republican Party in record numbers, the sale remains the same on the left. No, no, they hate these people. They can't think for themselves. That's what it is. The black Republicans, the black Latinos, they, just, they don't know any better. They're stupid. That's the Democratic narrative. That's what they're going with in this moment. And they hate Republicans so much that they can't take the immediate action that would, in fact, protect the kids. Okay, arm the schools. Get me armed guards. Get me plexiglass. For all the money we sent to Ukraine, okay, for a tenth of it, we could have had, we could have had the glass in every classroom and every window in every school in America. We could have had a checkpoint. We could have armed guards. We could have retired cops. We could have retired military. The point is we could have a presence that served as a deterrent. But we can in this moment because it's not important enough to protect kids as it is to just deny Republicans a win or deny the country bipartisanship. That's the scam. Okay, Jeff is in Western Maryland. Yo, Jeff, what's going on, my man? Hey, it's Joe. But hey, uh, oh, you want to talk to you, Jimmy? Well, hold on a second, <laughs> Joe. I see you on the call screen. What I looked at, okay, because Jeff was on the line. I think we just hung up on him by accident. But you are in Western Maryland, and I thank you for the call. Well, hey, I appreciate you having me. Hey, what I what I wanted to bring up was um, one thing that I found really concerning was was yesterday in the aftermath of all this, um, just the the response that came from from mainly the trans community. Uh, you know, when when there's a shooting in an inner city or something, and you know some black kids shoot each other up, we know that that's not the black community. That mm-hmm. that is a small percentage. Of course, when some white guy goes in and, and shoots up a store or something, we know that that's a crazy guy. That's not mm-hmm. the the white community. The response that I saw from the trans community online would take with a grain of salt, you know, because it's mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Was you know, well, this is what happens when you don't give us what we want. 
This is what you get when you don't when you vote that way. Even the press secretary of the of the governor of Arizona mm-hmm. said this is our response yep. to you know not voting you know the Trans-phobes. way we want and had a picture of, of someone a with a gun. With gun. Yeah, she had a picture of a woman with a gun. What we do when we see transphobes? And the deal yeah, is that, that's horrifying. Of course, you know, like they're provoking like, like they violence. Separate yourselves from the crazy, Listen, and maybe we'll listen. I know that's but a great it, point. It, 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 that really concerned me that their response is this is what you get, yep. and it makes me. I have no choice but to think that this will continue, and I, I will not be held hostage. You no, know, you that, can't be. Just, but this is the scam, yeah. okay? What they keep, the, the whole this is what you get response, okay? They're saying this is what you get for doing that thing you're not actually doing, but we're telling the trans community that you're doing, <laughs> meaning we're not saying we hate them. We're not saying there's a transgenocide. We're not saying they can't exist. The only thing we're saying is, hey, turn 18, transition, do whatever you want. Please don't force it on the kids. They're repurposing this as some type of a war on the trans community. And because being under attack, being a victim, being oppressed in this country is such currency on the left, they're trying to use this attack as proof that they're under even more attack when, in fact, the only people who got attacked were a bunch of Christian school students. So I'm glad we have people like you that see through it. Um, is, is In your circle of people that you talk to, your friends, um, do people get it? Or are people like where are people on this in, in Western Maryland? Oh, I lost you. There goes Joe. He thought we got rid of him already. Well, good, Joe, good non-answer. You could get a job at the White House. He could be Joe. You could be Corrine Jean Pierre. I gotta, I gotta look at the binder on that one. She is so bad at her job, but not you, Joe. You're good at your job. But he makes a good point. Okay, the trans community's response yesterday. They're having a day of vengeance. What does a day of vengeance sound like to you? Doesn't sound like America needs to have a conversation. It sounds like a bunch of blue-haired people are going to go to D.C. and break stuff and set it on fire because they've convinced themselves they are oppressed. They're not oppressed. You live in America. Okay, if you went to the Middle East right now and you were like, I'm trans, they'd be like, "Uh, the top of the building is that way. You can jump or we'll throw you. Okay, we are the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. We hold ourselves to a higher standard than the Middle East for good reason. But the fact that people are trying to weaponize pretend oppression is really having a toxic and chilling effect on our society. We live in a really lazy age, just an intellectually lazy age where the smartphone has convinced everyone they're the center of the universe. People like you to believe, oh, we live in two different Americas now, Republican and Democrat. No, we live in 330 million Americas now where each individual American has their own cell phone that tells them they're the center of the universe. Here's the news stories you like. Here's the the points you agree with. Here's the jokes about the subject matter you're passionate about. Here's the pants you looked at online. Here's those boots you want to wear. Here's that food ad from the place you ordered from last night. Everything is so carefully curated to convince you your way of thinking is the only one that exists now. And we've become so intellectually lazy because of it that people's emotions are now their facts. The Democrats like to tell people emotional things. Racism, bigotry, transphobia, misogyny. And if you throw it out there, a lot of people, well, I don't like those things. So I guess that means I'm a Democrat. But then you look beneath the scenes at the actions, and when it comes to women, who the Democrats are erasing with this trans movement, 
okay, when it comes to the black Americans, when it comes to minorities, when it comes to kids. It's the Democratic policies that are harming every group that they purport to care about. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Shannon Bream in the next hour on this show. My final week in New York. I get back out on the road next week. I will be... In Bend, Oregon, Friday night, April the 7th, uh, we are at the Tower Theater. Saturday night, April the 8th, we're at the Egyptian Theater out in Boise, Idaho. If you're anywhere near Boise, want to come hang with your radio buddy, then I'm back on the East Coast, April 21st and 22nd at Bananas Comedy Club in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and then begins the Laughs and Liberty Tour with Kennedy. May the 6th, we're in Reading, Pennsylvania. May the 20th, Clearwater, Florida. June the 3rd, we're in Davenport, Iowa. June the 10th, Mesa, Arizona. June the 24th, Lexington, Kentucky. And then July the 8th, I am in Holland, Michigan. And then July 29th, I am out in St. Mary's, Ohio. St. Mary's, Wapakoneta. A lot of you would know them as the hometown of the great Jenny Fela. And I will be at the St. Mary's Opera House Saturday night, July 29th, doing the damn thing. Jim Jordan is coming to that show, and he claims, he claims... He's going to beat me in golf after the match. Shut up. Will you shut up? Stomp it, Jordan. Nobody's hitting the ball through the windmill playing mini golf. But we'll be in St. Mary's. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. Got a big hour coming up on this show. Buckle up, kids. Shannon Bream, the host of Fox News Sunday, a show far too classy and esteemed for a low-rent pundit like myself. But she will come by and class up this here show in this here hour. And we're going to have a grown-up talk about the impending prosecution of Donald Trump. As it turns out, the Manhattan Grand Jury that was supposed to be indicting him any minute now has gone home and will not hear anything on his case for the rest of the week. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I do not know, but Shannon Bream who is, of course, our senior uh, legal analyst here at the network, uh, will weigh in on all of that, and we will continue to follow the conversation down in Nashville, Tennessee, where the Democrats are on offense right now. Democrats are so full of crap. A lot of people feel that way. Let me give you a little more of this, and then we're going to segue into the Trump stuff really quick. And, of course, if you want to interrupt me, uh, 888-788-9910. We took a few calls earlier. We'll try to take a few more as the show progresses. But I got stuff on my mind. Do you remember the last Rocky where he's like, hey, I still got a little something in the basement. You know, that whole thing. When it comes to this Nashville story, I got a lot in the basement. Okay, so I'll give it to you. There's a big effort being made. I told you this earlier. The media is trying to repurpose the trans community as the victims of the Nashville shooting. Okay, and understand why they're trying to do it. The trans community for the media, for the Democratic Party, this is their new civil rights movement. This is every single thing they do. Everything. Well, we the military? All right, well, let's, let's make sure it's okay for the trans people. Okay, we got a book. It was written 40 years ago. We'll rewrite it, make sure it's okay for the trans. It's fine. 
School bath. All right, no, no, redo it. Women's sports, no more women. We've canceled women. Women don't exist. Okay, it's trans men who compete against women. And if you have an issue with your daughter being erased, you're a bigot and a transphobe. They are weaponizing the existence of trans people as a pretend civil rights movement, as a means of controlling the population and stifling the debate by labeling anybody who voices objection to this as some type of a hate-filled bigot. That's what's going on. It's the same thing they're trying to do with the gun debate. Okay, understand that when it comes to the gun debate, they want you to believe, well, the Republicans won't come along because they don't care about kids. That's what it is, say the Democrats who are pushing abortion up until the first report card. Democrats support late-term abortion. Late-term. Okay, a kid could be an hour from birth. And in the Democratic worldview, that's a decision. That's a decision between the woman and the doctor. No, it's not. That is infanticide characterized that way. But you understand the people pushing for that, telling you you're a, you know, you're a barbarian. You're a misogynist. You don't care about women. Get the government out of the bedroom. Okay? My body, my choice. You know, unless it's a vaccine that you don't want to take and put in your body with no regard for how it's going to affect your reproductive health. Under that circumstance, it's not your body and it's not your choice. That's what the Democrats told you. That was the scam. But the point is there's a war being waged rhetorically on Christians Okay, they're being portrayed as hate-filled and violent towards the trans community when they're not. We don't have any of those stories to point to, but we do have a trans person for mass shooters in the past year that have been trans that are clearly in an unstable place emotionally and clearly do believe that there's some type of mortal threat to their existence when the truth is nobody cares. Go do what you want to do. Some people might think it's weird. Some people might think it's great. Some people might not like it a lot. Okay, but the God's honest truth is the whole point of America is we're not supposed to agree on everything. We're just supposed to agree on everybody's right to disagree. Okay, but we can't do that anymore. If you disagree now, it's like, well, you're a bigot. You're a racist. Rah! That's what we do. So here is the social pressure campaign when it comes to guns. Okay. If you've been following the story, okay, one of the first things they did in the aftermath of this shooting as they ran right to the gun thing. So they always do. Here's Kareen Jean-Pierre on MSNBC. Right after, minutes after. Here it is, clip four. And here's the thing, what we will say, what I will say to Republicans in Congress is, what are you going to say to these parents? What are you going to say to these family members? 63% of Americans, and I heard this poll uh, laid out here on the show earlier today, it's a political poll, said that they want to see safer gun safety measures. They want to see that. That is the will of the people. You are so full of sh- Okay, and let me just jump in. Okay, I, I'm going to go out there and say it's 100% of Americans that want to see more gun safety. We want to be safer. But you understand when the Democrats characterize something in a poll or in a question as safety or a big word, like, you know, a good, infl- a good example would be the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, the policies they're describing don't align with the fix that they're proposing. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Think about the Inflation Reduction Act. It was called the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's a climate change bill. What a fraud. Think about that. The minute it passed. This is the biggest climate change bill in the history of our country. And what else is it, according to the Congressional Budget Office? 
but a spending bill that will increase inflation. That is financial lunacy. So the Democrats love to do that stuff all the time. They give something a name. Hey, do you support Save the Puppies? And we're like, yeah, we all like puppies. Some of us like them so much we pretend we're puppies, Hillary. (coughs) But the point is, what they're proposing, oh, this will be guns. They don't care. Stop it. They want votes. If the Democrats really cared about the gun issue, they had both houses of Congress for the past two years. Did they propose anything? The answer would be no. What about under Obama? Did anything? Don't be thick, all right? Fine, but did they? The answer would be no. No. Okay, it's a liability for them politically just the same. And at their core, understand, in a country as violent as ours is getting, where violent criminals are being let out of jail in the name of woke equity. Everything woke turns to People know that and they want to defend themselves. But there's this Democratic effort being made to pin the shooting onto Republicans who want the right to self-defense. Republicans who are on board with putting armed security at every school to fortify them, make them hard targets, deter criminals from showing up. Okay, they're trying to blame and shame Republicans. So in the aftermath of the shooting, they all immediately ran to the TV and like, oh, the Republicans are evil. Then they went through social media. Representative Andy Ogles from the great state of Tennessee. His family Christmas card this year portrays him and his family holding guns. And the Democrats wanted him to feel shame. How dare you hold the thing that someone did the bad thing in? I mean, seriously, think of how stupid that is. Think of the lazy conflation that constitutes. Okay, when a black man in Waukesha, Wisconsin, posted on social media, it's time to start killing white people. Why did they say? Because Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty. It's time to start killing white people so they get it. The Democrats told me he was a white supremacist, even though he killed other white people. Must be a typo in the handbook. But when that maniac in Waukesha, Wisconsin, ran over 42 white people in a car, did we go through social media and say, oh, aren't you ashamed of having a photo of your car? You know, you once listened to Fun, Fun, Fun by the Beach Boys. The girl's driving around in the car. She cruises right to the hamburger stand. You know who else cruised, right? That maniac in Waukesha. So how could you have the same device he does? Do you get how stupid this is? But they tried to shame Andy Ogles for having guns in his Christmas card. For yes, you do things in the family Christmas card like, hey, this is what we did this year. Hey, this is what we're proud of. Hey, this is what we stand for. Families that stand for self-defense aren't the bad guys. Okay, so here's an attempted shaming, and it just doesn't work. Clip 13. And I think ultimately I think what this does is highlight uh, some of the mental health issues, the mental health crisis we have in this country. That needs to be the real conversation that we're having right now. Uh, how did this individual slip through the cracks? What could have been done to get them help? Any regrets about that Facebook post and the photo um, on your Christmas card? Why, why would I regret a photograph with my family exercising my rights to bear arms? <laughs> and what he's saying to her is, you suck. Yeah, jackass. Why does he? He has no culpability in this. With the guy who said, hey, here's my family I'm proud of. Here's our right to self-defense that we exercise. What is What culpability does he have in this? Any regrets? But do you get where someone walks into a Christian school, commits a hate crime against Christian children, after digesting years of a media narrative that Christians are out to get them, and the first thing the media does is go, well, who should be upset about this? I mean, besides the shooter, who else can we pin this to? That's the scam right now. 
advocates. Ah, oh, the Republicans. Ah, oh, it's the Second Amendment. Listen to Joe Scarborough. I hate to do this. I got to play a Joe Scarborough clip. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 But listen to this. I mean, no one, there's no one alive who hates themselves more than Joe Scarborough. You talk about a seething self-hatred. Okay, most rich white media elites... They run on such moral superiority. Every word out of their mouth is, well, these other people are stupid. These other people don't get it. These other people don't listen to themselves. They hate you because they don't want to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. There's a lot of people out there that hate themselves. And they grow up believing that if they can only achieve success, it'll finally make them capable of putting their self-hatred to bed. That's why so many rich people kill themselves and so many cab drivers I hang out with that are like Haitian migrants who come into this country and make uh, legitimately like cab drivers I know are making like $18,000 a year right now. And they're the happiest people you'll ever meet living in the most expensive city in the world. Why? Because they get what makes life worth living is a lot of things that have nothing to do with politics and owning the libs or shutting down the maggots or anything in between that people prioritize in liberal elite circles. But here is Scarborough, clip 16. More people, as you were saying earlier in the broadcast, more people go buy guns, more people then acquire the kind of ideology of wanting to protect their guns. Um, And then more people see big problems in their lives that government can't solve and get demoralized about government, which helps... This extremist right ideology. And it is sickening to watch them try to claim the idea of freedom. I, for me, the freedom to remain alive mm. or have my kids remain alive kind of comes first. Yeah, Look but, at those little kids. But, 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 but also, though, they say free, they talk about a freedom. They talk about a freedom that they've made up in their own twisted Correct. heads. I mean. Oh, shut up, woman. Okay, understand this. This is so embarrassing. And then they go. And they get guns. and they, Yeah. Uh-huh. You want to know why they go get guns? Because trans people are walking into schools and shooting their kids. Trans people who are being told that as conservatives, they're wishing harm on the trans community, are now acting out on the threat they feel to their lives after having this drilled into their head by liberal media. Yes, Republicans are proud of their right to self-defense. You talk about your freedom to stay alive. That's where the Second Amendment rolls into town. Okay, but you get the pretense to the whole jump off is what he goes. Well, they lose faith in the government and their government's ability to solve the problem. Yo, here's a newsflash. You're a conservative. You're not counting on the government to solve anything because the government can't solve anything. Believe me. Okay, this is something we've lived in every day of our lives. We want them the hell out of the way. And we've known this for as long as there's been in America. The whole point of battling Britain was to get the government out of our lives, was to minimize the overreach and the intrusion and to give us our freedoms. We know this. So when he says, ah, you know, they go buy guns because, yeah, exactly. You know why we buy guns? Because you're not putting violent criminals in jail. You know why we buy guns? Because you say our ideology is a threat to the very existence of this country. You got a president that calls us fascists. If we can be decried as fascists and half the country can believe that we are, in what world would we not want to buy guns if, heaven forbid, they turn on us? And again, I am not calling for any type of uprising or violence. We're not anywhere near that. We don't need that. That is not a solution. But you know what else isn't a solution? The government. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
So we have just received word that the grand jury pondering criminal charges against Donald Trump is going on hiatus for one whole month. That's just how white folks will do you. Why? Because they just leave this hanging in the air. Trump will keep tweeting about it. It'll keep being a story that clouds the waters in the 2024 Republican primaries. But does anything have anything to do with an even-handled administration of justice? No. And we know this because even Sheldon Whitehouse from the great state of Rhode Island took time out from his busy schedule of drinking at his old white country club. I just want to clarify, by the way, if you're not familiar with that story. So Sheldon Whitehouse, who was, of course, a big Black Lives Matter Democrat guy, said all the Republicans were racist. We, of course, came to find out last summer that he belongs to this day to an all-white country club. Oh, wow! But I just want to clarify that I actually don't know that he took time out from his busy schedule of drinking at his all-white country club. For all I know, he could have issued the clip you're about to hear while drinking at the all-white country club. I'm not sure. I just know that he's a member. But here is Sheldon Whitehouse telling MSNBC what they don't want to hear, which is that this case against Trump in New York is the least interesting one. My guess is he finds it to be the least interesting because the prosecutor's black. He's like, well, what do you mean? We don't even have these people in my country club. I'm not interested in this. But anyway, here he is admitting what we all know to be true. It's clip 17. Do you think there is a central importance to that? Do you think about these various cases and legal threats in a sort of tiered fashion in which that to you is the one that you you're most feel most strongly about? Yeah, I think the New York one is the least... Interesting. The Mar-a-Lago documents one is more interesting. The insurrection case is really, really interesting and significant because not only is it a very significant case on the merits because of what happened that day, but you also have the overlay of Fannie Willis's case in Georgia, which is looking at the same thing. And the evidence converges around that funny little character, Jeffrey Clark, who was operating in the Department of Justice, apparently on behalf of Trump, seeking to become Trump's attorney general, if you can believe it, by interfering more in the Georgia election. So it gets really interesting is if the Jack Smith federal investigation and the Fannie Willis Georgia investigation end up uh, supporting one another. You are a sad, strange little man. Did he hear what he just said? It gets really interesting if these two things wind up supporting one another. So what he's saying is, We don't know if they do, which again means they have found a charge and now they're out there looking for a crime. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. They got nothing. I just just so you understand. okay? I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. okay? but he's not getting charged with insurrection. okay? he would have been charged a full two years ago if someone thought he inspired an insurrection. Okay, they don't have to wait two years or five years to see what the January 6th committee comes. They don't care. Okay, the New York, the campaign finance case, the Georgia elections case, the insurrections case. Okay, they're no different than the Russia case, the Trump taxes case, the Ukraine impeachment case. It's all the same garbage. The process is the punishment. This grand jury taking a. You know, siesta for 30 days now tells you everything you need to know. 
They just need this guy to be under legal duress for every second of his political existence. And that's all you're watching. They're not coming back in a month with, oh, we got him. Because here's a newsflash. If you got him, okay, do you remember the Dukes of Hazard cuff him and stuff him, Roscoe? They didn't say, go on vacation for a month and then come back and stuff him. They don't have him. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You're dang right we're playing Def Leppard. Because they are alive and well. Def Leppard going on another tour, I believe. I believe this summer they have dates coming up. But they are a little bit older now. Like at their age, they're singing Pour Some Splenda on me. But joining us now on the show, Radio Sugar, if ever there was some. She's the host of Fox News Sunday. And I do believe a devout Def Leppard fan. Shannon Bream is here, everybody. Oh my gosh, Jimmy! Was that like that's like your gift for me? You've made my day. Photograph one of the best songs of the 1980s, you forever better, and ever. You better believe it. But can they? So then confirm my my rumor I started though. Are they allowed to still pour sugar, or is it Splenda? Um, it's actually uh, organic honey. Because they decided they're going to take it to the next step of health and wellness. It just doesn't have the same ring, though. Organic, honey. Yeah, you you lose the cadence, Shannon. That's the problem. (laughs) You know, it's a little, it's a little bit of trouble. Pour some sweet and low. Here we are. Well, Shannon Bream. Okay, you are of course here today in triumph. I mean, it's always triumph, but it is my belief. uh, I can confirm. Uh, that the new book, okay, this matters, and this is exciting to everybody. It is the love stories of the Bible speak. It is now on sale everywhere. Can we confirm that? That is correct. If you are a book lover, anywhere you like to get them, and yes, there's an audio version if you prepare prefer that, mm-hmm. uh, it is now officially out in the world. The baby has been born. Wow, that is a big deal. I mean, I was just leafing through it. I thought the Chapter 11 love story about Trump and Stormy Daniels was interesting. I didn't see I that. I wouldn't include that. We had a lot of legal you know, issues with that one. <laughs> Something about. People, that is not in there. It's unbelievable. I promise you. <laughs> Listen, I was, was my one clean shot I was going to take in your book because I saw you on The Five yesterday. And uh, Gutfeld was getting his money's worth out of the promo. And a, a tip of the cap to both of you because it was very well played. <laughs> uh, but to be clear, um, these are biblical lessons on romance and friendship and faith, as it says clearly in the byline of the book, that I think, you know, in the modern era actually hold a lot of value. Because the one thing, Shannon Bream, about human nature is the technology changes, but the people behind it kind of have stayed the same, have they not? I mean, listen, who has not had relationship highs and lows, whether there are these romantic relationships, we think about a spouse or, you know, dating or whatever that is, um, or it's friendships. I include those, too, because that's kind of the fabric of who we are and how we get through life. And for me, you know, as a person of faith, I believe the whole Bible is kind of God's love story to humanity. Like, hey, I'm trying to help you out here. Meet me halfway. Um, You know, and we see that through a lot of these relationships that are in the Bible, too. It's so funny. When you really think of the Bible, it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. Like, you know, like my grandpa would be like, you're warm. You know what I mean? You're you're getting hot. You're burning up. You know, that's that's God. That's the Bible. The one that's got the money tucked inside. (laughs) That's the that's the Bible. God's just trying to point you to the right part of the backyard. So you're where you need to be to succeed. That's a good way to way way to put it at my level. Well, I need to I, I need to know, okay, the last book you put out, 
I mean, literally the whole building was singing the theme song from the Jeffersons for months on end because it was just absolutely <laughs> flying off of the shelves. So on a release day uh, for the follow-up to something, you know how like when bands, like let's give you an example, Guns N' Roses puts mm-hmm. out Appetite for Destruction. Obviously, yeah. when the next album comes out, okay, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, you know, they're pretty fired up. So where is Shannon mm-hmm. Bream on a day like today? Are, you, are there pyrotechnics? Have Doves been released? Where are we in this? Um, yes, there's going to be a unicorn and there will be cupcakes for everyone. <laughs> kind of the way we like to do it. Um, no, I'm just working like you. I mean, I'm a working step. You and I always talk about how, like, you're so grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunity to work and do what you do. So, um, I'm going to go do an interview right now that we are going to have this weekend on Fox News Sunday. I can't wait for people to see this. Mm. And then I'm getting on a train because, you know, I love the Amtrak, me and, um, you know, Amtrak Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are, he's not going to be up confirmed on the train with me. Oh, but um, we're going to head to New York, and we're going to do a lot of fun things up there. Hopefully see you in person. Whoa. But honestly, I just feel super grateful because, you know, I never saw this opportunity coming to share these stories that really mean a lot to me. And I hope we'll encourage people. I mean, if you can just put some goodness into the world, I think it needs that right now. Well, right? That, that's what we are. Okay, you and me are firing a T-shirt gun of joy into the universe yes. everywhere we go. Just yeah. Firing them into the crowd, trying to boost morale. I always say, you know, a dog with a job. You know how the dog is always wagging exactly. his... Exactly. Yeah, that dog is wagging his tail at that airport because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. And uh, <laughs> that's us. I can't just... Hopefully nobody throws a tennis ball while you're up here, I guess is what I would say. So, no, but you know what else I like? Like those guns that shoot um, hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Have you seen those? I want that more than the T-shirt, if I'm being honest. Well, there's a the thing. You're in better shape than me, so they don't shoot those guns at me. I don't know about they're that. Like, they're like, he's just going to take it from the little kid. Shoot it in the other direction. You get the hot dog gun. I get the T-shirt gun with the double XL. We'll share. All right, maybe. Shannon Bream is on the line. Uh, one quick legal question. So the report we're getting is that the grand jury that was thinking about indicting Trump has adjourned for a month. Is that normal? Well, listen, yeah, I can tell you I had a very close family member who was on a grand jury that lasted for months and months and months and months. And they would have to have breaks, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes in there for people, you know, kids and okay. things that come up in life. But they do sometimes they're handling other cases as well. Mm-hmm. So they got to think about those witnesses and those timelines. But, you know, you got to wonder, grand juries are secret, so we're not supposed to know exactly what's going on back there. Mm-hmm. But I do think that we have real questions now about whether this attorney, Robert Costello, showing up last week, mm-hmm. telling them, hey, there are hundreds of emails you haven't seen. There's more of the story you don't know about Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen denies all that. But you got to wonder now if the grand jury is sort of like, huh, I thought maybe we were ready to move in one direction. Maybe mm-hmm. we need a little bit more discussion. We yeah. just have to wait and see. This is unbelievable. It's turned into like an episodic. It's like the Sopranos. Like we're going to get a mm-hmm. season six of grand jury is coming out now in a month. Fascinating. And you know, the waiting part's the worst. It is. Because I when think. you're waiting for your Netflix or for your Prime or whatever to drop, you're like, come on. Do you, do you think on some level, though, because there's so much content, do you ever concern yourself that we're almost cheapening the value of content? Because there's just there's so much everywhere. <laughs> I honestly, I, my email never stops. Yours is probably the same way. So I see, see things dropping in about, you know, um, Things that are happening in North Korea mm-hmm. and South Korea, and there's going to be a convention, and there's going to be a meeting, and then the president's going to Canada, and he's back from Canada. And it's like, <laughs> it just is so overwhelming. We're waiting on the Georgia grand jury. We're waiting on the feds. The, you know, President Trump's attorney is being forced to testify before the federal grand jury. I mean, it, there's just so much mm-hmm. that we're never going to be at a shortage well, that, for things to talk about. But what I think you're saying in a really roundabout way is – 
given the overwhelming amount and preponderance of information in our lives, the omnipotence of the news cycle, uh, people would benefit greatly from maybe taking a time out with a new book, maybe. <gasps> you know what I'm saying, girlfriend? Wow. The love stories of the Bible speak. I mean, around the horn for that plug, Shannon Bream. We threw it around <laughs> the horn. But I I'm paid ex- extra for that. Uh, well, I'm excited because you know the way this works is, okay, I just got the PDF on this, okay, from your assistant. Mm-hmm. So basically the way my process works is I hear from your assistant, okay, I get an email that says you're going to be on the show, and then, of course, We're you know, this happens. We, play the, we get excited. <laughs> Shannon Bream's coming. And then I usually get to go through the book. So the last time we were talking about the women of the Bible, I had been mm-hmm. through the whole book. Okay. Wow. This, this time, no, but I. But you want to know what I? I find uh, that there's a lot of overlap in subject matter. Like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. between the modern day and everything in between. Now this time around, like I almost feel like you owe me a second interview because I can't really, okay. I can't really put the screws to you because I'm only past the part in the very beginning when you're talking about the introduction. I don't want to give it away, uh, but you talk about how you know you have a soft spot for stories like this and uplifting stuff and maybe even weddings and stuff like that. Um, and I, that's I'm only there. I don't even think I'm at page twelve. Yet. So the last time, well, let me ask you, go ahead. Did, well, this is how I planned it. Okay. You know, so there could be no difficult questions. Um, but <laughs> I have to ask you, like, do guys hate weddings? I mean, everybody's like, oh, girls love them. They get to get dressed up and they cry the whole time, whatever. <laughs> like, what do guys actually think? Well, it depends on whether or not it's an open bar or a cash bar. <laughs> That's what you're wondering before yeah. you get there. It's like other than that, I think I do think guys have a good like. I can, I am an A plus wedding date, meaning I dance at the wedding, oh. I drink, I make friends with the other people. I'm great at. I actually genuinely do love a, a wedding in that regard. Okay. But let's also just really quick, and then we're going to let you go. We've also all been to that wedding though, Shannon Bream, where we're all in the church being like, "Really, this couple? They're oh. going through oh, with I this?" Have a story for you, yes, you friend. do. But did it make the I... book? Yes or no? <laughs> did I have to tell you? It's not in the book, but I did have a family member who had a morning type wedding uh-huh. was very it seemed to be inebriated there and it was at the altar and the priest is sort of like are we doing this <laughs> and this has been a very ill-fated relationship and we're all sitting there like this really should we stand up when they do this does anybody have a you know reason why they do sing very it did not last i will just tell you <laughs> the speak now or forever hold your peace it turned into a yeah, school uh, it turned into a school board meeting where there were 100 people in line for the microphone <laughs> exactly. oh, we're gonna have to allow the next guest to come up well in the next book it'll be about women who didn't make the bible and I want to hear their love Aww. stories. I love okay. it. Okay. You're the coolest, Anything Shannon Bream. We will all be watching Fox News Sunday. You're the best. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. There she goes. The great Shannon Bream. The book, it is on sale everywhere now. It is called The Love Stories of the Bible Speak. Um, whenever I read a Shannon Bream book, like I, I actually thoroughly read Women of the Bible Speak, um, I'm always trying to figure out how to apply logic, lesson, human nature from that era into today. It's the only way I can, like, transport this stuff forward, you know, and make it, like, transactionally valuable, you know, beyond the entertainment and the escapism and the lessons and, you know, if you like the love story, if you're somebody who watches the Hallmark Channel. But for, like, me, for somebody like me, like, you know, I am a fixer-upper, and I'm only in this position because, like, I was at a point where I was driving a taxi where I had, like, real good self-reflection, like capability. We're just driving around an empty cab all day, like, how did I get here? And you start thinking about your gambling problem, (laughs) your career pursuits and relationships and everything. And from that moment forward, like, I've kind of been calibrated to hear something and figure out, like, 
how would this improve what I'm trying to do? You know, you're a comic. How would this make the joke sharper? Like, could you, should you be saying potato chips instead of pretzels? You know, things like that. And what I find in her books, whenever she's taking you back, you know, to the Bible, what I find, like, in the simplest of terms is human nature. It's always been the same. And in every one of these debates we're having, it's fascinating because, you know, the arguments, gun control, the border, abortion, you know, the subjects are the same. Okay, the only thing that's changing is the technology we're arguing on is kind of changing the game, changing the ability to manipulate language and the news cycle and, you know, characterize the other side as something that they aren't. You know, what I found valuable in her book, I'm only 12 pages into this particular book, is we're talking about love stories in an era where social media was just like, you know, yo, you heard what Marie said? You know, you heard what Jill said? It didn't really travel to 5 million people. You couldn't be like killing time on a toilet, fire an observation off into the night sky and have, you know, a few hundred million people interacting with the content within five minutes of you doing it. So it took a little bit longer for, like, those herd mentalities to form, and it took a little bit longer for society to want to cannibalize each other over a disagreement in views. And I think what I found to be the best thing about both of the Bible books is just escapism. It's just sometimes it's just nice to get the hell out of this news cycle because it is such a mess right now. So whether you're into the love stories of the Bible or you're not, maybe you want to just read them and hate on them. You're like, really? He got together with her? You'd still find some value and not hating on the usual suspects that you'll be hating on when you put the book down, when you finally get done reading it. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. (gasps) Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Talk about a stampede of stupidity. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to make sense of a pretty senseless world right now. Chris Bedford's going to ride it to town in the next hour to talk to us about Saturday's upcoming Trans Day of Rage. What the hell is the world coming to? Excuse me. I screwed that up. It's a Trans Day of Vengeance. Just to be clear, not rage. I wouldn't want you to think they have some bad motive here. <laughs> Vengeance. <laughs> that doesn't actually sound better if we're being clear, but I do prioritize a fairly accurate conversation here. If you take exception to any of it, you are always welcome to call 888-788-9910. Uh, we had a fascinating moment yesterday at our southern border. Southern border is wide open. We have a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths in this country, and they are not overdoses. I know they're reported as such, but they are poisonings. An overdose implies you did so many drugs that eventually caught up to you and you died. Okay, and it takes a lot of people's eye off the ball when they hear overdose because they go, well, I don't have somebody in my life that's constantly doing drugs, so I guess I don't have to worry about this issue. But the truth is the people dying from fentanyl, a lot of them are first-time drug users, doing something recreationally at a party and dying. So as you'd imagine, people who care about the well-being of our children, knowing that fentanyl is the number one cause of death for people between the ages of 18 and 45, there's a lot of concern about our southern border. So yesterday, there was an exchange where Secretary Mayorkas 
went back and forth with Senator John Kennedy. And i got to be honest, didn't end good for Mayorkas. Here it is, clip 23. Did you just parachute in from another planet, Mr. Secretary? Because you're the only person in the Milky Way who believes that we're not having massive, massive illegal immigration into America. Senator, you're, you're, um, you're putting words into my mouth. No, sir, is, I'm accurately is, describing the situation. There is no question that we have a very serious challenge at our southern border. A challenge. What an idiot. Okay, and why is it a challenge? Because they repealed every one of the policies that had cut illegal border crossings by 80%. That's stupid! Use your common sense! The challenge isn't at the border. The challenge is in Washington, where stupid people are in charge. Here's Kennedy summing it up, though, on Cavuto yesterday. It was fascinating. Clip 24. Here's what I learned today. I learned today that... uh, Either Secretary Mayorkas believes in completely completely open borders or he is not qualified to manage a Chuck E. Cheese. Now, he is not incompetent. He is not an unintelligent man. It is clear to me, after listening to the Secretary for about three, maybe four hours, that he believes in open borders. Listen, okay. Any way you slice it, okay, they tried to depict border security as racism. That's, oh, we come on, we should be building bridges, not walls. Even though both political parties voted for a border wall under Barack Obama and George W. Bush. They knew we needed a border wall, okay? They knew we needed to secure our southern border because it's the front door of the House. But because Trump made it a signature issue in his campaign, they're like, oh, hell no! kind of racist would get out there and build a border wall we're like oh i don't know you guys this is politics as usual they all supported a border wall till they didn't but this is where democratic leadership really does hurt the country is they're abandoning a lot of things that they themselves know were helping because they've become political liability if you spend four years telling your voters that a border wall is racist you can't keep building a border wall you spend four years telling them that you know, something like the Remain in Mexico policy is racist. You can't keep the Remain in Mexico policy or Title 42. All the things that took the money and the power away from the cartels that were in place under Trump got repealed under Democrats in the guise of pretend racism. And that's the biggest issue we have right now. As Kennedy was saying, John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, it's not that he's incompetent. It's not that he's too dumb to know that we have this massive problem, five million people have come in under Biden. It's that he is beholden to a clown ideology where everything is propped up and hinging on fake racism. And that's why we've turned our border into a straight up circus. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, 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 look who is back in action for a big hour, a plus-sized hour of Fox Across America. An embarrassment of radio riches, I might say. It's Chris Bedford, political power puncher, Fox News contributor, stops by. We're going to go inside this Saturday's upcoming Trans Day of vengeance. What the hell did you just say? That's what they said. It's all over the Twitter. Apparently there's a big march in Washington and 
They're going to break stuff and set it on fire. I hope that's not the case. We don't ever advocate for violence. Yes, you have the First Amendment, the freedom to peacefully assemble. uh, But you do not have the freedom to mostly peacefully assemble, as they described burning buildings on CNN. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. No, they are not. Uh, But 888-788-9910 if you'd like to continue to try selling it. If you want to bring in some other theory. Uh, It's a grown-up talk. It's a family meeting. That's what Fox Across America is. Okay, we always say it's America's family meeting. We bring stuff up at the dinner table. I'm kind of your deadbeat dad who's barely holding it together. You don't notice it as much as a kid. You're like, oh, dad's got this. Now dad is on top of it. Wrong. (laughs) You know, some dad. Dad's human, man. You know, it's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. You win some, you lose some. Uh, But the point is you be honest about all. That's what we do here on this show. There is no filter. It is a talk show. That's it. Not an activist. I don't want to be in charge of how you vote. That's not my job. My job is to tell you what's going on in the country. Share my opinion and make you feel welcome to share your own. That's the whole point of the show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Okay, but this is where we find ourselves. It's Wednesday. I'm in good spirits. I'm on Hannity tonight. Me and Sean Hannity are getting the band back together in front of a live studio audience. It's nothing I enjoy more. I want to tell you this. On a personal level, I'm so grateful for shows like Gutfeld and Hannity that bring in an audience because it's just, it, for me, it's, it's what I come from, you know, as a live performance background. And I love the unpredictable nature of, you know, live audiences and saying things and getting reactions and seeing how they're going to go because it's, it's my favorite thing even about radio as a whole is that you have long, spontaneous conversations and you've got to be very dialed into the moment to address anything that might spring up. Oh, this caller said something crazy. Oh, this audience member heckled. I love being in that position where you got a counterpunch. It's all, all exciting to me. So I appreciate these shows so much. And if you watch them, you will see me doing what I like to do best, which is dress terribly in front of millions of people. Uh, but, yes, I'll be on Hannity tonight. I am hosting Gutfeld. I'm filling in for Greg on Monday night, April the 10th. You can watch that as well. But right now, my main job, what I do for a living, my pride and joy is this radio program. And uh, if you've been keeping up over the course of the last three days, what you've heard a lot of out of me is like there's this really just like a basic frustration when it comes to the conversation around Nashville, which, of course, overlaps with the entire conversation around guns in this country and pretty much any other political policy. What the Democrats now do is say, this is what we want, agree with all of it, or you're a monster. People are going to die, die. Maxwell Frost, if you remember last week, I played you some of these clips. I'll play you a little more of them today. Maxwell Frost, who was characterizing the House bill, the Parental Rights and Education bill, told us flat out last week, okay, trans people are going to die. If we give parents the right (laughs) to know what their kids are learning at school, if we give parents the right to intervene, if their kids want to transition at the age of five, basically if we give parents the rights they already have as parents, people are going to die. That's the claim. Democrats are so full of crap. But I want you to hear this because this is how this conversation has been going for the better part of the last two years. I would say two years, three years ago, four years ago, 
transgender ideology wasn't really a big thing in the country. As right now, as presently constituted, it's less than one half of a percent of the population, yet it seems to be getting 90 percent of the coverage on cable news and on social media because every day we're reconfiguring a different segment of, the, of, of society to accommodate 0.5 percent of the country. Now, to be clear, that 0.5 percent should feel as welcome as any other percent. But those of us who have reservations about whether or not it's okay to force this onto children shouldn't be depicted as transphobes and hate-filled bigots. But that's what the Democrats have been doing since the transgender voting bloc emerged as a viable constituency, as they've basically been saying, we've got to reconfigure everything. Biological women? Can it, ladies. This year, woman of the year is going to somebody who happens to have man parts. Women's sports, can it, ladies. ESPN is honoring Leah Thomas as one of its women of the year. Think about that. Woman of the year. They told you she was brave because she jumped into the pool where she had a massive biological advantage over everybody in the pool. Will Thomas wasn't in the top 500 male swimmers in the country. Didn't crack the top 500. Jumps into the pool as a woman and is suddenly the number one ranked swimmer in the female bracket. That's not right. And why does he go from 500 to 100? Because he has a massive biological advantage. Bingo. But anyone pointing that out is labeled as a transphobe, a bigot, a hateful monster. Let him be, they said. But you understand what a lot of people have done, especially people who have daughters who are competing, is they've said, hey, these trans people want to compete in sports. They don't know if they're a man or a woman. Put them in a division with other trans people. So you got a you know, guy who thinks he's a woman, woman who thinks he's a guy. Let them compete against each other. Okay, if there's really no biological differences between men and women, why would this be an issue? And the only reason it's an issue, for real, is because you can't fundraise off of that. You can't label anybody a bigot or a hate-phobe, okay, because that's just tolerance. You know what else it is? It's a track meet with two people in it because there's not a lot of these athletes out there at this point. Yes, they're encouraging them at a youth level now, and they're you know really aggressively selling kids on the idea that they might be trapped in the wrong body. They're calling it gender-affirming care. If you subject a kid to a lifelong um, you know existence of surgeries and medications, people on the right are kind of concerned about that. So we've said, hey, could we not start teaching kids about this till they're a little bit older? The response was Maxwell Frost. Here it is, clip 42. Oh, clip 42. This bill is modeled after one that I know very well, uh, Florida's parental rights in the education law. Most of us know it as don't say gay. And don't say gay infringes on um, parents' rights, including LGBTQ plus and supportive parents. Bills like this make schools more hostile and make no mistake, it results in hate, bigotry, and yes, sometimes death of our students in schools. Not even close. Folks. Um, I'll wait. You can call into the show. I don't need to be right. That's not what this is. This is a regular talk show. You cannot name one person who was killed in a school for being trans. And if you could, they'd have their name on a federal building by now. 
Their birthday would be a national holiday. We would probably all get sent home from work for a review of transphobia in our ranks because that's what they do. That's how they leverage suffering in the name of their own political wants and ideologies. Okay, when Maxwell Frost says to the world that this type of legislation where you won't teach five year old sex ed, it's bigotry, hatred and yes, sometimes death. Nobody's killing anybody in school for being trans. However, we just have a trans person who's heard years and years and years of these claims who just walked into a Christian school and killed a bunch of school kids. But here's Maxwell Frost telling you, no, you know, the problem here, the problem here is Republicans. They don't want to protect our kids. You know, Republicans, they don't look out for the kids the way us Democrats do. You know, the ones who support abortion months past the point that the kid can live beyond the mom. No, we're the ones protecting the kids. Don't you understand what's going on? Come on, don't bullshit me. No, that's what they go with, and it's disgusting. But the end result of this is a day, a trans day of vengeance. That's what we're doing this Saturday in Washington, D.C. The trans community is going to show up, and it's a day of vengeance. I'm not saying they're going to burn it down. I really hope and pray this is peaceful. I don't want this to go sideways, okay, on any level. But they believe they're entitled to a day of vengeance, Because they have been living under attack. That is a fact check false. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. The only thing anybody's saying is, hey, don't do it to the kids. Let the kids fully develop. Okay, that's not unreasonable. It's not. Okay, they say, well, you know, they don't get gender affirming care. There's going to be this huge spike in suicides. That's what it's going to be. Okay, understand that if this were the case then where is this spike in suicides? Because gender-affirming care, as you call it, has only existed for a few years. So where were these suicides five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 80 years ago? If denying five-year-old kids the right to to chop off their genitalia was going to result in them killing themselves. I think he's got a point. Okay, and the point is everybody trying to leverage this manufactured civil rights issue is full of That's the point. But people believe they're entitled to a day of vengeance because of reporters like Terry Moran at ABC. Remember Terry Moran when he was reporting on the shooting and he just jumped in with, well, earlier this month, you know, the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors. You know, and we all know if you don't agree with a bill, the next thing you do is just shoot up a school full of kids. I mean, come on. But here's Terry Moran. This is clip 10 state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. Once again, the shooter, Audrey Hale, 28 years old, identified as transgender female. Uh, Mayor John Cooper of Nashville, spoke for many when he said he's overwhelmed by the loss at the Covenant School this morning. I want to bring in our Justice Department correspondent, Pierre Thomas, who has covered so many of these shootings. And this now, while the police chief specifically said they're investigating motive, uh, this is a a highly unusual crime in so many ways, a tragedy that now involves what may be uh, this boiling controversy across the country around transgender health care. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Just disgusting. Okay, this is not this is not complicated. Okay, it's very simple. 
the left has pumped a lot of lies into our political discourse about transgender people being under threat of violence. They're not under threat of violence. That's how Democrats get their way. Give us what we want. Our people are going to die. Pass our climate change bill or people are going to die. Voter ID, this is Jim Crow on steroids. Worse than Jim Crow where people died. This will be more death. Defund the police or people are going to die. That's what they, come on, dude. This is so stupid and predictable and intellectually lazy. Okay, but understand, transgender people, we wish them no ill will. Okay, but people that are going through the process of transitioning are having hormones pumped into their bodies that aren't naturally occurring in their bodies. Ergo, they are altering their internal chemistry. Yes, they are going to be unstable at times. They are. It's just reality. Roid rage. When a bodybuilder takes steroids. You all hear the stories. Guy snaps, throws a chair at somebody, picks up a Volkswagen, throws it at a female reporter in a locker room. How dare you ask me that? You know? People snap, beat people up, roid rage, because they have unnatural levels of hormones that aren't naturally occurring in their body. Okay, that's a real thing. And when you tell people that are going through these surgeries that they're under attack and everybody wants to kill them, I don't doubt there are going to be instances where people act out. But that doesn't mean these people are the victims. But that's the conversation they're trying to have. Oh, this is so complicated because there's this boiling controversy. No, no, no. One side, okay, is very clearly expressing their opinion on trans rights, which is you're entitled to all of them as an adult. We don't want our kids being forced into gender ideology before they're too young and too fluid in their development to make adult decisions for themselves. The other side is completely full of That's where we are in this moment. That's it. I gave you the conservative viewpoint. It's not trans people don't exist. They don't write. They can't work. They can't marry. They do whatever the hell you want. Nobody cares. It's America. But they are repurposing that as hatred. So now we're sitting here getting ready for a trans day of vengeance. Okay, tweets up all over Twitter. In fact, our frequent guest, Sean Davis, just had his Twitter account suspended for posting a flyer, posting the flyer from the Trans Day of Vengeance. The Trans Radical Activist Network is hosting an event in D.C. from March 31st until April 2nd. It starts Friday. They're going to march on the Supreme Court at 11 a.m. on Saturday. On the website, it says this protest is about unity, not inciting violence. So they updated it. Trans does not encourage violence, and it's not welcome at this event. You know what the original flyer says that they're taking down on Twitter? Wear a mask and bring a buddy. Wear a mask and bring a buddy. Does that sound like people who have the best intentions in mind? No. And again, I am not calling, okay, for violence, not by them, not against them. Good God, no. Come on, man. It's America. We're bigger than this. But there's so much of a hostility towards a free and honest debate, a free and just a free and honest debate. Arizona, they just fired the press secretary. Well, she resigned. Katie Hobbs' press secretary, moments after that shooting in Nashville, she had posted a meme of a person with a gun and said, this is what we do when we see transphobes. She's calling for violence. And again, depicting people as transphobes. Here's a newsflash. We don't have a lot of transphobes out there. Okay, you want to do what you want to do? So a lot of people think it's weird. Okay, a lot of people don't necessarily want that for themselves or their own kids. But we're not denying you your right to do it. That doesn't make us hateful. That doesn't make us remotely close to the threat to you that you are to yourself in this moment. Bingo. 
a show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. Unbelievable. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fun little report right here. The World Health Organization. The WHO. Remember the WHO? The World Health Organization. I know Joe Biden thinks they're a British rock band, uh, but they are, in fact, the World Health Organization. Uh, The one who helped China conceal the fact that COVID was spreading from person to person. Do you remember that? It's got the whole world up to the plate with two strikes against them. We were a little bit behind the eight ball. Trump said, hey, we're going to stop funding to the World Health Organization because they're doing China's bidding. And, of course, the Democrats were like, he's going to get us all killed. That whole thing. Well, the World Health Organization uh, filing a report uh, moments ago that says healthy children and teenagers don't need a COVID vaccine. Oh, wow. And why? Why is that significant? Because the Biden administration and Dr. Fauci had made it mandatory. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. And not only did they make it mandatory, but they did so after saying they wouldn't support a mandate. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take steps they need to take. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. He should be behind bars! Good gosh. No, we'll never have a mandate. Until we do. And then once we get enough kickback from the pharmaceutical company... The World Health Organization will get out there and go, ah, turns out the kids didn't need it in the first place. These people are barbaric. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And I got to tell you, I love this next guest. I consider him a good friend of the show. That being said... As much currency as, you know, we've accrued over the years, this fella, we're actually very lucky to have him booked on the show because I know he's getting ready for his trans day of vengeance in Washington this Saturday. But joining us now, he has taken time out from applying the war paint. Chris Bedford is here. Hey, man. <laughs> it's called Makeup, Please. Foundation. <laughs> Eyeshadow. <laughs> I have, dude, I don't even know where to start. I, I, I always at least feel like there's some place to start in the political food fight that we inhabit now full time. Uh, but a day of a day of vengeance, which, by the way, it's from Friday to Sunday. Uh, to me, doesn't sound like uh, a, a peaceful protest. It sounds like a mostly peaceful protest. And, and it kind of sounds like the kind of thing you'd want to call off. Yeah. After there was a transgender mass murder of children at a Christian school. Thank this you. This is the kind of thing that you would say, you know, maybe maybe we should sit this one out. Mm. Maybe we should just kind of calm down a little bit here and, 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 and think about what's going on and think about where we are as a country. But I, 
I, I, I, I suspect that if you're big on self-reflection and taking it easy and, you know, really thinking about your decisions, you wouldn't be involved in that movement uh, in the first place. Well, there's that. Uh, did you see that? Speaking of thinking of your decisions, Katie Hobbs' press secretary just resigned. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't seen that yet. Yes. It's like, I mean, it literally happened moments ago. So, I, yeah, I didn't mean to dump that on you. But, of course, for the listeners who aren't familiar with the story, after the shooting went down in Nashville, she posted a meme of a girl holding a gun in each hand saying, this is what we do when we see transphobes, which I got to be honest, the media didn't have a lot of interest in the story. But thankfully, at a local level, they did. And I would, you know, this is addition by subtraction. No, I know. I mean, this is a this is a violent movement. Every aspect of it is is violent. The cure for it is, is violence against yourself. And, you know, there's. Or at least that's what, the, that's what they're pushing. Mm-hmm. With the trans movement, we've gotten everything so backwards. They're, the insurance companies and the activists and everyone else that's behind this say that in order to show compassion for folks who are suffering or who are dealing with a lot of difficulties in their lives, we must, uh, we must agree with everything they say. We must vindicate them. We mm-hmm. must re- reinforce them. We must back them in whatever decisions they want to make. And this includes children. And if parents try to get involved, even in red states like Texas, their children could be taken away from them if they're on the wrong side of this. Uh, every single aspect of it is about affirming, and anything against it is considered violence. So you have to feel for these parents of kids who are dealing with this and these friends of kids who are dealing with this, because if you don't affirm it, then then you're apparently doing violence to them, and you're a threat. And the answer to that, the answer to actually being threatened in violence, is typically, in people's minds, violence. And it, it always brings me back to the... Dr. John Nash, uh, the famous mathematician who just died a few years ago, he was in that character. He was uh, played by Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. This is somebody who was a genius. This is someone who had a lot to offer society. This is also someone who suffered from serious delusions and had real bouts of mental illness. And he he was still a beautiful person, someone who should be celebrated, someone who should be shown compassion, someone who should be cared about. But no one ever went out there and said, hey, Dr. Nash, that voice you just heard? was real. If you're right, Dr. Nash, everyone who's wearing a red tie is a member of the Communist Party and they're forming a new government. No one ever confirmed his and affirmed yeah. his his wildest ideas and then said they tried to help him and we've lost track of that as a people. Not to get too serious, sorry. No, I do I get it though. Chris Bradford is on is on the line. Uh, we're having a grown-up talk about the country. No, it, it starts with this very basic premise for me. When they say something like, oh, a little five-year-old kid needs gender-affirming care, that's actually ideology-affirming care. That's their parents forcing this on a kid when they're still very fluid in their development. Kids are not born trans. They don't know what that is. They just got out of a body. Okay, now they're in their own and they have no idea what the hell's going on and they're trying to make sense of the world. But I believe they've kind of forcing this on younger kids because there's a built in political ideology that comes with being trans. And I think Republicans that are expressing skepticism over whether or not this is being done with the kids best interest in mind are being portrayed as hateful bigots. So on some level, do you think because I do. I think the media bears a lot of responsibility when it comes to the violence because they're telling the trans community we're out to kill them when none of us are expressing that view. There's nobody on TV tonight going, yeah, we need a trans genocide. But according to this rally this weekend, it's their response to trans genocide. So do you think the media is kind of fueling what, what I guess would be a paranoia? Yes, completely, because the violence against trans people – 
myth is completely a myth. The greatest threats to the transgender community are themselves. Suicide rates are, I think, five or six times what they are for their peers in different age categories and income brackets. Uh, behind that, the number of violence, violent incidents against trans people are caused by romantic relationships or drug dealers or friendships gone wrong because a lot of the times folks who are in that lifestyle generally inhabit a seedier and more dangerous uh, world and, and, and are more ex ex exposed to violence because of that. It's not Christian school children hunting people down or pastors or Fox News radio hosts. That's completely insane. But they push this, and this victimization is completely central to it. And then they say, oh, well, it's not a social contagion. It's just people are finally allowed to be themselves. Mm. Well, if that was the case, because now anyone can do it, why is it so concentrated in the young and not the old and not the people who are middle-aged? Why yeah. is it so concentrated in women as opposed to men? Mm -hmm. None of that adds up. It's, it's a social contagion. And I, I mean I look back, and I think – it's shocking that I survived my teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the things I did, the you know, climbing buildings to spray paint and the side of things. It's just absolutely ridiculous stuff. Destructive, mm. self-destructive, and dangerous. But thank God none of this stuff was available. I mean, punk yeah. rock's got me in enough trouble. Uh, <laughs> the, the things that the children now are exposed to that give them an upper hand <laughs> and they give them a, a part of a, a meaningful club. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, they're not good for the kids. Yeah, punk rock was one thing. Junk rock is, uh, wow. <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut off your junk rock is taking it to a whole nother level. It's like, Even we... Sid Vicious would think that was weird. <laughs> He's like, Gigi Ravel's like, oh, hell no. I don't know. I can't go with you on this one. Yeah, um, Gigi Allen. Was yeah, Gigi no Allen. That's you. what I meant. Gigi Ravel. I combined him with Buddy Ravel, the bad guy in one of my favorite <laughs> 80s comedies, 3 O'Clock High. Uh, Chris Bedford, this is another thing about this that no one really speaks to. OK, um, we were kind of having this discussion earlier on the show is if you are, in fact, transitioning, you are in a very volatile place emotionally because you're being pumped full of hormones that don't naturally occur in your body. It's kind of like, you know, when like a bodybuilder gets roid rage and snaps and is prone to a fit of violence because there's something unnatural going on. That's also a part of this that we're really not supposed to be discussing in the eyes of the left. But I think we're right to point it out because you are in a lot of ways destabilizing a large group of people. And if you're going to destabilize them from a you know chemical standpoint and tell them they're under attack and everybody's out to get them, I mean, it's almost like you could expect more of this, not less of it. It's uh... – for the people who are out there professionally, the, the American Psychiatric Institute, the pharmaceutical companies, a lot of the hospital systems, which are pushing this at a dramatic level, for them to take folks who are already suffering with feelings of emotional isolation and social isolation, people who are suffering with social skills as social media has expanded, people who feel that they're from that don't have a future, and to tell these people, buy my product, get this surgery, take this pill, potentially. Uh, destroy your ability to ever have children, mm. remove your breasts, disfigure yourself, and also everyone else is out to get you. It's not surprising when you see that, that I think four of the last major uh, Sh mass shooters, shooters yeah. have, been have been people who were suffering, supposedly suffering gender identity. Yep. And I bet if this was a thing that had gone back as a few years prior, I guarantee people like Adam Lanza would have definitely been fallen into that category. There's a lot of social mischiefs out there that are being preyed upon yep. by the folks that are supposed to be helping them. And, you know, we hear people go out there and say, hey, we, we have a social we, – we, we have a, a mental illness problem in this country, and that's true. The difficulty is 
We can't just send in psychologists and psychiatrists yeah. because the inmates are taking over the asylum. I know. It's, it's, I, <laughs> the psycho- psychologists and psychologists, uh, psychiatrists are the people who are telling folks and yeah. making money and giving out these different pills and suggesting these different surgeries. Yeah. Uh, so we, we need to, we need strong governors and strong legislatures, legislators like they actually had in Tennessee that say no more of this. We're, we're not doing it, and you're not going to hold us captive either. No. Spot on. We're talking to Chris Bradford, and lest anybody doubts – that people would be pushing surgeries and drugs with no understanding for what the long-term health effects would be on kids and their development. Understand that we're having this conversation. We're an hour removed from the World Health Organization just announcing that healthy kids and teenagers don't need the vaccine. And understand, a year ago, it was mandatory for your healthy kid or teenager, and they couldn't go to school, couldn't board a plane, couldn't participate in in society if they didn't have one. So the idea that people don't think they're making cavalier medical decisions because it conforms with a political ideology like that, that train has left the station. But I don't think a lot of people get that. Like, do you think, do you, like, for real, do you think on some level, you know, a lot of us on the right, we, you know, we, we expressed a lot of skepticism with the vaccine and the mandates and everything in between. But do you think a lot of people are just willfully ignorant or they lazy? So they just want to trust maybe big pharma in the government. Like, what do you chalk? What do you attribute that to? I mean, that this is the Mount Everest sized pile of things that we were right about the entire time. I can't think of anything that we've talked about in the show regarding COVID that we weren't correct about where nope. it came from. Uh, which which things will work, whether the vaccine was a good idea, whether children need it, whether children get it, whether schools are, are shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think people are frightened, and they want to trust uh, a lot of America. I mean, you saw the survey that came out this week mm-hmm. that basically validated what everyone already knew, that religiosity has gone down, uh, trust in any institution is massively down, patriotism is massively down. But we are humans, and we like to think of ourselves as, oh, we're so smart. We've shattered the dumb myths that held our ancestors together and kept them grounded, and we've replaced them with our own gender-bending understanding of reality. But humans still need things to believe in. They need experts. They need law. They need something outside of themselves that they can follow because it's a really scary world out there. Mm -hmm. And the expert class, the educated class, this cult of science, which has been a a problem in Western civilization for half a millennia has really taken the place of of right and wrong and mm-hmm. good and evil. And, you know, I, I walk past people in my neighborhood who still have the science outside in this house. We believe in science. I just want to knock <laughs> on the door and be like, that one still? <laughs> <laughs> like, the other one's fine. But that seems silly, doesn't it? I I get the coexist sign, even though you don't want to coexist with anyone who disagrees with you. (laughs) I I get the hate has no home here, even though you called for me to be killed because I didn't vote the way you did. But science! My brewery brewery has a big sign that's like, pregnant nursing women are welcome here. It's a brewery. Uh, Observant Muslim women are welcome here. It's a brewery. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to be going there. But but really what those signs usually mean is, like, I'm not welcome there. Yep. Yeah. Keep my mouth shut. It's like, it's good beer. It's, fun. it's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Because you know what? Chris Rock had a bit in his stand-up special about how he's like, he's talking about like Lululemon. 
And he's like, you're just selling yoga pants. I don't need your yoga pants politics. But what's funny about him talking about the sign in the window, he talked about the jokes and he doesn't care to hear about their politics. But what I think is the bigger joke in all of this that no one really speaks to is when people put up these signs declaring what's welcome here and what isn't welcome, they do so with a self-righteousness as if the house next to them or the store next to them has a sign saying the other. You know what I mean? Well, in this store, we don't actually support gay rights or minority people or anything in between. <laughs> like, that store's not out there, you know? And, and it's like such a straw man thing. Yeah, but when you don't have any sacraments, then you have to, some, some other way you have to profess your innocence, some other sacrifice you have to make. You, there's some other uh, sackcloth that you have to wear out in the desert. And for these folks, it's just. <laughs> A sign in front of their uh, mansion that says this. I mean, the nicest towns you go to uh-huh. have the most of these signs, by far. Where people have people are so yes. far up the pyramid of needs, they they don't really need anything other than to feel like they're not going well, to a hell they claim not to believe in. Well, they put the sign out. In front. <laughs> well, do you know? Want to know what they need? This is funny, but you know how like kids, they one of the things they always say is like, if you have like low self esteem, never ask a child to draw you. Because a child will draw you from like in a really unflattering way that'll highlight the things they see wrong with you. You dig? And it's funny because that weird cynicism that's in children, if you go back to 2020 when the country locked down and we had what looked like it was like a societal collapse in June of 2020 with the George Floyd riots and everything, we were driving around. Me, Jenny, and Lincoln would leave the house on like the weekends and go drive around when the whole country was locked down. So like literally you're on the Long Island Expressway, you're the only car on the road. It was far out. Like we drove into the city. Yeah, it really was actually like to a former New York City cab driver who was in gridlock 15 hours a day. I'm like, I think this Fauci fella's onto something. I'm kind of liking this lockdown. (laughs) And then we ran out of Tiger King episodes, got a little worked up. But stick with me. When we were driving around in the summer of the George Floyd riots, right? My son, who at the time was 10 years old, was seeing all of these hate has no home here BLM signs on front lawns and through no prodding because he wasn't like politically active and we don't talk politics in the house. And he actually goes, he's like, these people only have these signs because they don't want to get a rock through their window. And I was like, dude, that is and we know that to be true. It is so spot on. And like the richest communities where they have no need other than, like you said, to unite against this boogeyman or this fake straw man. There was just also the concern that if the protest spilled into town, they didn't want to rock through the kitchen window. So they were like, yeah, hey, there's no home here. Coexist. What percentage of lawn signs would you say were designed to protect the kitchen window? My old landlord's for sure. Yeah. He was a former Jesse Helmstaffer who had a, a, an Obama Obama sign in his front yard during the riots. If you got close enough to the door, you saw the NRA sticker. <laughs> and it was explicit. Yo. And my 10-year-old kid knew that, and he knew that, which means deep down a lot of adults know that, Bedford. It's so funny. We have literally... I was thinking in my head, like, we really sound like the old men being like, hey, you kids get off my lawn. And the conversation <laughs> is now officially about our front lawns. Like, we've, we've officially gone there. Uh, epic- Those old men were right. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> get, off, get off my lawn. Especially the guy in St. Louis who got prosecuted for pulling out a gun. You know, he wound up getting vindicated. You know, get off my damn lawn. Uh, Chris Bedford, uh, unfortunately, we do have to get off this radio lawn, but Epic Hang, as always, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. You're the best, buddy. There he goes, the great Chris Bedford. There we go. Back after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Keeping the heart of Texas. 
This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth inning, girl. Uh, but the party is not over. We take the talent over to TV after this. I will be on the Sean Hannity Show tonight at 9 o'clock in front of a live studio audience. Here's a programming update. I told some of you, some of you, that I was returning to the host chair on Gutfeld. And, of course, your natural reaction. Uh, I can confirm um, that I will be guest hosting Gutfeld Monday night, April the 10th. But what I had not confirmed up until now is who's going to be in the starting lineup. It is just my absolute favorites. People that come on this show a lot that I love talking to. Uh, I have Brian Brenberg batting leadoff on the panel. Yeah, right? Big one. Big one. Emily Campagno, Human Happy Hour, will be on. Bill Hammer, co-host of America's Newsroom. Oh, come on, Hammer. Come on, Hammer. I'm kidding. They they love Hammer on this show. Are you kidding me? Hammer will be there. And the great Cat Timp as well. That is Monday night, April the 10th. The show will be called Fela with an exclamation point. It'll be me sitting in for Greg, Brian Brenberg, Cat Timp, Emily Campagno, and Bill Hammer. Set those DVRs. Put a blank cassette in the VCR. It's going to be a banger, but this one's over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a... Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.